What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back inside the Arrowhead Live podcast. I am Johnny Kane, and what a show we have today. Joining us here on our Arrowhead Live podcast today is Bob Fesco, the host of Fesco in the Morning, each morning on 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. Bob, welcome in. Thank you so much for taking the time. First off, man, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Let's get right into it. I know you're a busy man right now with everything going on. A great time to be a Chiefs fan and to be covering the Chiefs as well. Let's start, though, with the Houston game last week. I mean, my goodness, you've seen a lot of Chiefs games over your years. Have you seen anything quite like that game we saw on Sunday? No, I don't think anybody has. I mean, it was it was kind of remarkable, really, because being down 24 nothing, I never got the sense like they were going to lose that football game, you know, which is really odd because in, in, in most games in the NFL, team gets down 24 nothing. You put the hay in the barn, and this thing is all said and done. But when you have Patrick Mahomes and that offense and, and really Andy Reid, who was just such a calming presence on that sideline, no one got out of sorts. No one got upset. No one got down. They just continued to go out there and play football. And in the matter of like 10 minutes, man, like if you waited in line at the concession stand to go get a beer or something like that and came back, at, you know, and you left the 24 nothing, you came back 10 minutes later, it was 24-21, and they were right back in that ball game. And, and, and that was one of those deals where, you know, they, they scored so quickly and so fast that it, it, it almost seemed like, you know, the, the Chiefs were ahead in that game for the entire time because they just kept putting up point after point after point. And, you know, be, before you knew it, they were on a 51-7 run and the Houston Texans were melting down on the sidelines just like their coach was. Yeah, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes. He was sensational there on Sunday. He threw for 321 yards and five touchdowns. Also ran 53 more yards on seven carries. He just did it all for the Chiefs and kind of really willed the Chiefs back in that game into the victory. We've seen a lot of good Mahomes games here in his first couple of years of being a starter for the Kansas City Chiefs. But do you feel like that was one of his best games, if not his best game as a Chief so far? Oh, I think, you know, there's a lot of great games that he had. I mean, you know, the first two games that he had in Kansas City in the regular season were pretty spectacular, you know, against the Chargers and against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those were pretty awesome games. And I, and I think they go up to New England and they get that win. And, and while he didn't put up gaudy numbers or anything like that, obviously that was a pretty big game to lead his team to a victory, you know, up in Foxborough. And it's hard really to rank what game you think Mahomes' best game was because He's only two seasons in, but it seems like every game was his best game. I mean, even that game down in Tennessee that they lost, he had 400 and some yards passing and, you know, three touchdowns in that. But I I think because of the magnitude of it, because of the playoffs, because of where they were and how far behind they were, and for him to kind of show his leadership ability, I I think you'd have to say it's probably one or two when when, when ranking best games so far. And I I hope we're not done ranking him. I hope we have one this week and one in two weeks down in Miami that we're talking about being Patrick Mahomes' best games as well. And Travis Kelsey, he was outstanding. I mean, he had 134 yards, three touchdowns after having a couple of drops early. That was one of his better games as well. But the one unsung hero that a lot of people are talking about now, Dan Sorensen, Dirty Dan, big special teams play, a couple of big tackles as well, forced the fumble on special teams. He was outstanding. Have you seen anybody quite like Dan Sorensen as far as kind of the fan perspective of a lot of people maybe didn't like him the first couple of years, but now he's kind of the fan favorite? Well, I think that he's just one of those guys that's willing to do anything. And, and like he's the perfect analogy for life and whatever job it is that you're doing, be willing to do anything so you can get promoted, you can get raises, and you become more valuable. And that's what Daniel Sorensen is you know, to this team. He's just a very valuable asset. We saw the big plays on special teams, but I think he's going to have a big role this week in stopping Derrick Henry because, you know, going back and watching that game against the Tennessee Titans and seeing Derrick Henry running all over the place, he was trucking Juan Thornhill a lot. And, you know, that Juan Thornhill injury, while you look at that injury and you say, boy, that stinks, 
maybe it's a blessing in disguise because Daniel Sorensen will get out there and he'll go after Derrick Henry. He's not going to shy away. He's not going to be afraid. He's not going to get trucked by him. He's going to go up to the line of scrimmage. He'll bully that guy. And, and I think having Daniel Sorensen this week is maybe the, the reason why you have him on the roster. I, I think he's going to have a big game defensively, and I think he's going to be a big key in you know, trying to slow down Derrick Henry. And not only Dan Sorensen playing well from that kind of hybrid safety linebacker spot, but Kendall Fuller, he's made that switch from the cornerback spot to more of a safety role under Steve Spagnuolo in his first year. And Steve Spagnuolo, he's done a lot of great things for this Chiefs defense here so far. Really making a lot of different changes, getting guys like Tyron Matthew obviously helps as well. The Honey Badger, he's been outstanding this year. I mean, you can't say anything else about him, possibly defensive player of the year even for the Kansas City Chiefs. But Steve Spagnuolo, you've got to like exactly what he's done this year and where he has the Chiefs defense defense heading into Tennessee on Sunday. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I told people. I said when they when they hired Spags, I said we're not talking about the defense until week five, you know, until the beginning of October. Then we can start talking about Spags and seeing where this defense is. Took a little bit longer than that, but you know that's the blueprint that he used back in '07 with the Giants when they won the Super Bowl. The first two weeks uh, under him in New York were brutal. I think the Giants gave up like 78 or 80 points in two games, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, this guy's terrible." And then the defense clicked. They made a big play, and everything started to click for this defense in New York. It was a fourth down stop against the Washington Redskins at the goal line. And we're seeing that now here in Kansas City. We saw this defense start to click later in the year, just you know, right before the bye, I guess you could say, against the Chargers and then after the bye. And then getting that big goal line stand against the New England Patriots is akin to the Giants getting that big goal line stand in week three of their season under Spagnuolo in 2007 against the Washington Redskins. You, you have these big plays, these big moments where everybody officially now buys into the defense. And Steve Spagnuolo's system wouldn't work if he didn't have the right players. You have Chris Jones, a healthy Frank Clark right now, and really Tyron Matthew buying in and being the leader of that team and that defense. He's the MVP of this season for Kansas City. He's changed the attitude. He's changed the belief. He's changed everything about that defense. And without him, even with Spagnuolo, I don't know that the Chiefs are in that type of position. You mentioned Chris Jones. He was out with that calf injury last week. Don't quite know we're going to see if we're going to see him at all on Sunday. How big is that going to be of a loss of Chris Jones if he can't go on Sunday against Derrick Henry? Well, I think it's a big loss because Chris Jones is the type of guy that obviously can play good, but he also gives you the ability to have you know uh, a good rotation in that defensive tackle spot with Derek Nottie, with Mike Pinnell, with himself. And I think in the fourth quarter of this game, I still think it's going to be you know, a close game. We're not going to know who the winner is going to be in that game you know, early on in the fourth quarter. And having fresh defensive linemen against Derrick Henry, I think, is going to be so key. And to me, that's why this injury is so significant for the Chiefs, because you've got a guy that you're counting on, but not only for his playability, but his ability to go out there and have a good rotation of defensive linemen, which I think you need against Derrick Henry. You need to be fresh in that front seven to, to be able to stop this guy late in the game. And talking about Derek Henry, I mean, that's the, he's the guy that you've talked about a lot. A lot of people have talked about this week. Obviously, he had one of the better seasons we've seen from a running back spot, over 1,500 yards, 16 touchdowns. Also, I think he's one of the first players with over 175 yards rushing in two postseason games. Do you look at him as just being that one guy you have to stop, or is it one of those games where kind of maybe let him get his a little bit and just stop everybody else? Well, I think you have to effectively stop him because if you don't, then you're going to see the play action pass and they're going to try to beat you over the top. And that's not something you want to see happen. But I think, I think Ryan Tannehill is, 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 you know, scary good. Look at what he did against the Chiefs last time. He beat them with their, with his arm and his legs. And so you've got to kind of keep an eye on Ryan Tannehill. I know he hasn't done much in the playoffs so far, obviously with like 70 yards and 80 yards passing in those two games. 
But the Chiefs know firsthand he can beat you with his arms and his legs. And so that's something you have to make sure you, you account for as well. And how about Mike Vrabel making that switch there midway through the season, taking out Marcus Mariota and putting in Ryan Tannehill. That was really the difference maker for Tennessee I look at for this year, and a lot of people look at. That's when Derrick Henry really kind of got going. How much do you look into the fact of having that coach of Mike Vrabel in that New England Patriots system kind of in the back of his head and knowing what to do in certain situations? Well, I, I like Vrabel, and I remember when he was here in Kansas City, they had a day where each player got an opportunity to – you know, to do a different role. Some were head coaches, some were position coaches, and Brable was the head coach for a day. And he came into the locker room, and, and I looked at him and the way he was dressed in the, you know, the head coach's gear and whatnot, the pencil behind his ear. Everybody kind of looked around and went, oh, this guy's got head coach written all over him. Like, we, we knew back in 2010 that he had the ability to be a head football coach. And, and look at him now. I mean, he's, he's turned that Tennessee Titans team around midseason. They were talking about potentially firing Mike Vrabel. And, and he found a way to get those guys playing better football. And as he said the other day, you know, this wasn't a good football team at, at, at two and four. The first six games, they were a brutal football team. And then they made that switch at quarterback there. Henry got going. They beat the Chiefs. And I think they took off from there. So we know all about Derrick Henry and this Titans team, but when you look at it from the Chiefs' standpoint, what are the keys that you look at for the Chiefs in order to come away and be able to head down to Miami and play for a Super Bowl? Well, I think the number one thing is start fast. All week we've been talking about if you win that coin toss, you take the football, you don't you don't defer into the second half. Because I, I think with the Chiefs and their offense right now, they have the ability to get up 7 nothing very fast, go out there on defense, get a quick stop, get the ball back, then go up 14 nothing. If you're up 14 nothing against the Titans, it is going to be extremely difficult for them to kind of stick to the run and slow play this game like they, they want to do with Derrick Henry because they're going to find themselves in a 14 nothing hole. So I think you, you, you score quick, you start fast, and if the Chiefs can start fast in this one, I don't see why they can't be playing in Miami. All right, Bob, last thing, prediction time. What is your prediction for Sunday? I think it's going to be a game that comes down to the fourth quarter. I've been saying all week it's going to be something like 24-21, but it's going to be a tight game late, and I think the Chiefs are going to have to make some plays with, with five minutes or so to go to make sure they seal this victory. All right, Bob, thank you so much. We really appreciate all the time you've taken out. We really do. You got it, my man. Thanks so much. All right, that was Bob Fesco of 610 Sports Radio joining us here on the Arrowhead Live podcast. And like Bob said, I mean, this game is – it's going to be one of those games where the Chiefs, they have to start fast. They cannot get down like they did against the Houston Texans there on Sunday. They have to start fast because you look at this team in the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry, of course, we've talked about him a lot, but you have to. I mean, he's putting together one of the best seasons we've seen from a running back. 1,540 yards on the year, 16 touchdowns. As mentioned, the first player in NFL history with 175 rushing yards in two postseason games. He's built like a dang linebacker, 6'3", 225 pounds. He is an absolute load. He's a guy that when your team gets up, you can just afford to give him the rock. He's going to get you three, four, five yards each carry. And after that, it's going to be wearing down a defense, especially a Chiefs defense that could possibly be without Chris Jones. I mean, that is a big loss, and especially a team that really still have some questions with the run defense. I know that it's been pretty good in the last few weeks, but really haven't seen anybody quite like Derrick Henry, and he is on an absolute tear right now. So it's going to be up to getting off to a fast start. Tyree Kill, I feel like, has to step up. He has to have a big day. He's been kind of held in check the last couple of games. Travis Kelsey going off last week made a big difference in that. But Tyree Kill, I feel like he's got to go off. Sammy Watkins needs another big game. 
those 74 yards that we got from Sammy Watkins last week, that was huge. I mean, Sammy Watkins has been kind of non-existent since week one where he had the blow-up game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But Sammy Watkins, we need him to just have any type of production. You get around 50 yards receiving from Sammy Watkins, you'll take that at this point. Tyreek Hill, a couple of big plays. Travis Kelsey, you know he's going to be steady. Get off to a fast start. Start there. And from there, you kind of live with the results. But the Chiefs, in a pretty good spot. you got to feel like heading into Sunday. And I think a lot of Chiefs fans feel that way. I mean, you've got to be excited and happy with where the Chiefs head. This has got to be the best for, I know for me, this is the best situation I felt like the Chiefs have been in heading into the postseason and in towards the AFC Championship game as they were last year, obviously fell just short, but that's a completely different defense than what we saw last year against the New England Patriots. This is a defense that I feel like, and a lot of Chiefs fans feel like, you can rely on when you need them to, and especially to get stops down the stretch. It's going to be interesting to see, though, on on Sunday. It's must-see TV. I see a lot of people on Twitter talking about this is one of the best, most anticipated games we've seen in a couple of years. I know it's not very high-profile teams at that, but you have the offense and Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs, Derrick Henry and running the football for the Tennessee Titans. It's going to be a fun, raucous crowd at Arrowhead Stadium. I know it's going to be packed. It's going to be fun, and it should set up for it to be a fun AFC Championship game. The winner going to the Super Bowl to take on either the 49ers or the Packers. And speaking of that 49er-Packers game, that's going to be a great game in and of itself as well. Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers and Aaron Rodgers, one of the better quarterbacks in NFL history as far as skill standpoints and the numbers speak for themselves for Aaron Rodgers as well. That should be a really fun one at Levi Stadium on Sunday afternoon as well. 5.40 kickoff for that one. Chiefs scheduled to kick off just after 2 o'clock. But that's going to wrap up this episode of the Airhead Live podcast. I want to again thank Bob Fesco of 610 Sports Radio for joining us. Another one hopefully coming in the next couple of days and next week as well. Hopefully we're talking about the Chiefs heading to the Super Bowl in Miami. So again, that'll wrap things up. I want to thank everyone once more for tuning in with us. And that's another episode in the books on the Arrowhead Live podcast, arrowheadlive.com.